Hello, Dennis. I hope all is well. It's uh, been a what a day of tennis. Like, I mean, I watched quite a lot of tennis today and one match. I couldn't watch it all because it was five hours, 45 minutes. And that was Andy Murray beating in the end Kokinakis after being down two sets to love. Did you watch any and what do you think about it? Hi, everyone. Hi, Giannis. Uh, welcome back to Malta. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I i just want to travel back with you to marbella so if if you're going just let me know and i'll i will just jump on the plane you you haven't asked the the weather but it's absolutely awful in in the uk at the moment it's like minus four and never never seen before at least it's dry so um so yeah that's that's the good news unbelievable so far the Aussie Open I, I think it's just it's just unreal I mean I'm I'm so happy for Andy Murray I I I am over the moon that he like look these two guys Berrettini and Kokinakis are pure strikers like they're not messing about and to come back uh the first match was four hour four and a half hours or something like this and and this was five hour 45 minutes which is absolutely insane with a metal hip uh playing a young kid i mean obviously kokinakis had his fair share of injury worries and 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 i wish him all the best he is he is a special talent like what was funny to see the other upset which wasn't really an upset is michael mo uh and he beat um zverev and um and Michael Mo, I remember he was in um, in Virtua Tennis or or whatever one of these one of these Xbox games. Yeah. And Michael Mo was one of this biggest talents around on the tour, and then he sort of disappeared. He was like this journeyman going through uh, like you know the phases. He he qualified to a few Grand Slams. He got like wild cards in the like the U.S. Open and in Indian Wells and all those places. And then he didn't really come together. But now it seems like that Dunlop is. Really really making waves but what i wanted to say and and we will we will go through the the results i mean obviously there has been shocking results there has been uh not so shocking results and i'm talking about rafa this time but yeah andy murray unbelievable human being i mean i'm i'm just so happy for him i don't i don't know how he will put put it together but again look he's gonna play uh, bautista agu and and they play pretty much the same sort of um i think their style is really similar um obviously bautista he hits the ball fairly flat and um and murray is is just i mean unreal unreal i'm hoping and that's why it's funny because uh when uh, murray uh retired four years ago uh he played his last match against bautista hasn't he yeah yeah so that i think that is a funny arc when i i also I mean, I ho hope now that Mari can string, you know, a few wins together. Like they asked him, like, can you win the tournament? Because last time you did this was like in Wimbledon 2013, where he did win the tournament. But I, I think that's a, a stretch of the imagination. But who knows? Like there's been a few crazy results, as you mentioned. And Michael Moe, uh, yeah, he won like a future when he was 16 and a challenger. He won like four challengers over his career. And then he kind of like fell away. He's like 100 now in the world, but it's fun to see him play well. He played really well. I saw part of that match. And Sverev, yeah, he's still, you know, he's not 100% maybe physically. I don't know, but double faulting, it looked like the, you know, he looked shaky. I, I was pretty confident that he could lose that match. It wasn't like a, not a shock to me at all. Did you watch any of that? 
yeah, yeah, I have, and and yeah, he he seemed a bit disheartened as well, and I and I thought that like he isn't read. I mean, it's not a not a big shock. Like he went to five sets with Varias as well, and Varias is, um, you know, both both guys. I think Varias was a lucky loser as well as as Michael Mo was a lucky loser as well. Yeah. So uh, it's a it's a funny like what else do you need to go um deep in a tournament than than to to play lucky losers uh, first and second round and look i think michael mo is a brilliant talent still um his technique is weird he has a really short take back um on both shots actually his forehand is like this this almost like this uh this half volley which is which is weird to see from the back of the court but um, I'm and and I just and I just mentioned it just just uh, a few minutes ago that like this was Dunlop's day because Popperin beat Fritz, uh, Michael Mo beat Zverev, and Brooksby beat Rude. So all the biggest upsets were caused by Dunlop players. Yeah, and it's uh, I mean, pretty exciting players. I think that their uh, signing strategy have been very good, like because they've gone for you know, up and coming players, you're not sure about them. They're not like Alcaraz level stars or anything like Rune, but with high potential. So probably like they don't have to pay as much money and the the potential ups- upside is if, you know, for example, Popperins can string it together, Mo uh, and, and Brooksby is obviously a huge talent as well. So I think it's a good strategy to go for these young, hungry players and then, you know, try to, to you know, really hope that they make some waves. And like beating Fritz, I thought Fritz had something to prove here, but yeah, obviously you get surprised every slam. Uh, so, uh, and I know Popperin's game is huge. So, I mean, he can beat anyone. And he did this racket change now this season. And I, it looks, whether it's mental or it's the racket partly or it's something else, it seems to be working pretty clearly. I mean, it, there's always some kind of change can be good for you mentally. So... Yeah, um, Popperin. I, I just heard the the on court interview after they finished the match, and and he said that he already won as many matches this year than in twenty twenty two altogether. So he definitely had some injury concerns last year, and also obviously the 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 racket change didn't really help. Like you know, during the season, if you change your racket, you really have to believe in it. And um, and I mean, we can see most of the racket changes which which happened. Um, are looking pretty solid. So if you look Tommy Paul, he's doing really well. Um, if you look at like Brooksby, which we both believe that it's a blade um, painted into um, um, CX, um, yeah. but we might be wrong, which we don't think we are, but whatever. Um, and like Michael Moe is, is, a, is a really old traditional um, uh, Dunlop player because he has been playing with Dunlop for quite a few years. So Finally, all the the sponsorship is sort of paying off because one of these results definitely people will see that he is playing with uh with also uh no that's uh no that is um what is the yellow one um the is SX it... spin oh that's the SX yeah, yeah yeah so that's the SX um and um and and it is and it is paying dividends and um and obviously you know Draper he was unlucky he might have beat Nadal. Um, if he stayed fit, um, and and we've seen um, my new favorite brand on Mackie Mackie Maxters Mackenzie Penguin, McDonald's. yeah, 
uh, yeah, so the the penguin is is making waves as well because uh, obviously Pospisil was was um, who is playing in it and Tomjanovic is playing in it. It's quite unlucky for Alia that she cannot compete in this uh, down under tour. It was a shocking result for me that actually McDonald beat Nadal even with uh, with the hip um, hip flexor injury. I think Nadal has, uh, and he will be out for two months at least. Um, yeah, I, I think it was. I mean, how it's hard to imagine how it's it's not so bad that he can stop. He had to stop playing. He could keep on. He still makes the sets competitive. So I don't know if that's because Mackenzie is not so good comparative to to Rafa, of course. I mean, obviously he's a very good player. Uh, or you know, Rafa just found that extra gear that he always fights. Or the injury was so so, but it was bothering him, but not enough. For him to just be able, you know, to quit the match or just, you know, give up sets because he, he made them somewhat competitive. So that was something to to think about. But Rafa, you know, he he gives his all no matter what. You know, he, he someone chops his head off, he's still playing tennis. You know, it's like this is Rafa. He always plays to his heart out, which is very impressive. Um. So yeah, I I don't know if you've seen the third set, but it was it was quite an interesting one because he couldn't really run. Uh. So what he was doing is that he was like um shooting. Uh, clean winners from all over the court and and playing uh, serve and volley and and hitting his second serve with 180k and that sort of thing. So it worked until actually Mackenzie tried to find a way and and in the end he found a way in the last game uh, when he broke Rafa at five all. Um, and it was quite quite interesting to see that yeah Rafa wasn't really putting a lot of effort into it but he was playing unbelievable so if if he could somehow string that two things together and if you if you look at like um when Federer had had some issues with with running around and obviously Rafa was a lot more defensive than what he is now for like the last half a year or a year of his career Rafa would be really going for all his shots he would be quite um a force to reckon with i would say because he it was it was strange to see that without running he was literally in 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 there and and just lost seven five we are talking about rafa he he wanted to play the whole game i mean there's definitely a tear in his hip which is which is horrific well what you can say about rafa is that he um he he always fights but obviously there's a cost if you keep pushing when you have an injury that is not so great like you can actually make it a lot worse and that was one of the concerns in the Djokovic match which we'll get to I mean he had a hamstring strapping and looked to be really in in pain at times it was hard to say and then he was playing lights out the last two sets so I I don't know what's going on there Uh, but before we move on to the Djokovic match there's an interesting take that's going around on the social media that there's a, a Netflix breakpoint curse and if we look at the players that are still left Kyrgios, he didn't play. Badosa out. Fritz out. Tomjanovic out. Sakari is still there. Berrettini out. Onsjabor out. Kokinakis out. Rude out. So pretty much Sakari and Ojer Aliasim is left of the whole uh, 10 uh, people that have been featured on Netflix uh, breakpoint. So it's pretty interesting. We'll see how far they can go, The these two remainders. It, it's it's weird to see. I mean, um, we haven't talked about breakpoint and I know you liked it because I've just watched one of your videos and you said that you thought that it was pretty in- interesting. I'm still between two minds about the whole thing. And now that you say the curse, um, I think it's good 
and hopefully it will be good for tennis. I was hoping for a bit more, but we knew that it's not going to be like super exciting for the guys who are like really insiders in there. The only thing what I can say is that I didn't know that Badosa had that um, had so many struggles with her mental health. So no, I, I had no idea. So I think those yeah. kind of things uh, were interesting. Like I didn't know much about Sakai. I mean, that, that was not the most revealing show or episode. Uh, but the Badosa one, I had no clue. When I said it's good, I think it's like well produced. Um, they, they've done a good job with like capturing the right scenes. And I'm looking at it. I'm used to work with like video production for like when I worked in advertising. So from that point of view, it's good. Obviously, they haven't been able to get the biggest dramas and he- like it's tough in tennis. Like if you're lucky, there's going to be a huge drama there, uh, you know, but it, it's quite tough. Like sometimes there's not enough drama. So they have to kind of come up with something out of nothing. And I think they managed to do that pretty well. And I, I would, I'm trying to look at it from people who have not really followed tennis. And I think then for them, it's quite engaging. I'm going to talk to a few of them and then they're like, yeah, it's, it's good. It's very good. It's interesting. You know, while I mean the big tennis fans, they already know all these storylines and they will probably find holes in them as well. Like say, Hey, but then she lost in this and then that happened. And, you know, because this was yeah six months ago now with the first uh, five episodes, but, but yeah, as a production, I, as for tennis, I think it's a good thing for tennis because hopefully people see, Oh, there's uh, some engagement in tennis. You know, we can follow these players and that they all uh, go out of the, the slam apparently, but it's, and, uh, and- yeah, no, it's true. And 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 why it's really unfortunate as well. I mean, like TFO is still there, so that's good because TFO will feature in the US and and we know that um uh, there's a few guys who are still uh, I mean, all in all, uh, I think I mentioned it in the last podcast as well. TFO's involvement was all just he was he was literally just cursing all the time, and that was that was TFO for us. Um, I mean, I love that kid. I think he's absolutely brilliant. Not his outfit for the uh or the Aussie Open. I think it's pretty pretty okay on him, actually. I mean, like, I mean, yeah, on him, it, yeah, on him, it looks good. Yeah, I have to say that on him, it, it I actually... mean, on me, it would look horrible. Like, it's, it's there's no joke. Like, I mean, I would never wear that, but but on him, it looks okay. I think it it works. Yeah, I, I remember when uh, Burdick uh, used to wear the H&M stuff. There was yeah. one which which had like uh, hibiscus on it, like you know, this flower on it. And um, and I was rocking that, and I remember that my my friends were all making making fun of me that I was I was playing in that thing. But it was lovely. The age and M tennis gear was absolutely spot on. It was great. I mean, I I absolutely loved it. But yeah, back to uh, back to break point. Uh, I think you're right. Um, it's great for tennis. Um, it is great for people who are not really following the tour that closely. Um, and I think. Like I, I got a few feedback that from guys who don't really follow tennis is that like, wow, this is great. This is this is uh like this is really engaging. For me, it was good in the background. Obviously, I wanted to what wanted to watch the whole lot. I, I get I get the um the question from everyone, oh, have you watched it? And I'm like, mate, do you know that we do a podcast weekly and, and we do deal with tennis pretty much? So yes, yeah, I watched it. <laughs> so I mean, why wouldn't I watch it? Yeah, so I think I think it's 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 good. They got a really good feel for on who they followed. So almost everyone who they followed on different tournaments did really well. Like Ons Jabour winning her first Masters title. Um, obviously, we will see TFO who played his first semis. Uh, we will see Fritz possibly in Wimbledon um, where he did brilliantly and Rafa pulled it off. That's what I was thinking, that Rafa literally played um, 
just the Aussie Open last year uh, injury-free. All the other three slams, we we all know about Garros that he he had his uh, his feet numbed because it was just too painful for him to even walk, and then he played Wimbledon with obviously his um, he he tore whatever he tore and he obviously didn't play Djokovic, um, and that's why he um, he left um, Kyrgios get into the um, into the final, and then the U.S. We remember against Tiafoe as well. So um, it's interesting to see how Rafa would have done if he would have been um, more injury-free. But, you know, his his style is so engaging that um, and, and so so cruel for the body that it's not easy to do. And that's what took its toll against uh, McDonald here as well. Um, it's just unlucky. It really is. So there's, there's not much we can say. But yeah, the curse is real, it seems. Do you think and- that... Um, that- there is a curse on uh, Djokovic as well, or do you think he, he will be fine? Because, I mean, today, in today's match, unless your listeners didn't, didn't watch it, he played Enzo Coco, I think that's the way you pronounce it. And a uh, French guy, oh. I haven't seen much of him, <clears throat> to be honest. Neither do I. No, I haven't I haven't seen that guy. So when he took a set, I was I was really rooting for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and he played well, and he was like, he was also strapped. He was, he was feeling, I think he did something to his ankle. And, uh, you know, I saw the... Big part of the second set, I was really impressed by how he played. Djokovic was kind of limping or or looking like he was really bothered. He got his leg strapped uh, twice. And then the, the third set, after losing the third set, he came out like a new person and he won 6-2, 6-love the last two sets, which makes you question the injury. You know, I know uh, Djokovic fans uh, will not be happy, but it, it's still like a, a bit strange that you are limping around and then suddenly you feel so good that you can only lose two games uh, for the rest of the, the match. That was, that was, it is impressive, but it is also a bit strange. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've read quite a few comments about like, uh, we are back to the Djokovic show down under. He's so theatrical, uh, unbelievable. Like what we tennis players know is that we, we play through pain. So, Something will always bother us. It doesn't matter if if we are absolutely injury free. Uh, I mean, I'm 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 quite lucky to be fair. I mean, I, I've got quite a few friends who were struggling with a lot of injuries. I never really had any sort of uh, major thing. Only my knee is playing up every now and then, and now nowadays my Achilles. But it's um it's nothing major, nothing to 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 be worried about at my end. But I never really worry about that anyway. But with Djokovic, you you just see that theatrics all the time. And you just sort of question how true he is or how honest he is with this whole thing. And yeah, maybe the Djokovic fans won't like what we say, but we like, you know, just just cut it out. You're you arguably the be- you're the best ever. But you pointed out before the podcast, and I'm just going to bring it up, is that even this guy, this French outside the top 100, he will get the plaudits and not you as, as an almost... So he, he won the, the um, Aussie Open nine times. So he can actually win it for the 10th time this year. And they're still not really cheering for you, which makes you wonder, like, what do you have to do to be getting the plaudits to be to be getting the fans behind you i mean obviously there's a lot of serbian fans don't get me wrong and and obviously um 
there's there's a lot of Australian Serbians. So I know that for a fact that there there was a lot of immigrants who who actually moved to to down under, and and they will go to to um, the Aussie Open. And it's just, I mean, you know, uh, he he had this theatrical um, interview or or uh, press conference after his match and said, "Oh, it's it's all in God's hand now." And I mean, like, come on, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, no, it's, it, it's it's a bit much. I think that is part of the story, which which I mean, I I do feel sorry for him in a strange way. Although you, I mean, there's nothing to feel sorry for really, but that's such a sp- legendary player like with with such skills still like you see, we talked about can't really get the adulation of the crowd and i think it's because he started a lot of his career and i think i mean it might be you know you might see them seeing this unfairly or whatever as a fan of his but he started his career with this kind of stuff like you know being very theatrical whether it was imitating other players which i think you know that's fine do whatever you want like it's a comedy um but also like quitting matches from breathing and stuff. And that's, you know, that's sad that you have to quit a match, but it was all felt, felt a bit insincere for everyone. And I think that's where he lost a lot of fans. And then it's hard to get back on the train because you, you need to start strong. Like, I think it's hard to re regain. And then obviously during the pandemic, there were two camps of what is good. What is this? Uh, how is he going about it? Is it honest? Is it not? And then, you know, you can turn water into positive energy or whatever there was in between. Uh, so he he gets himself into situations where he doesn't look the best. He tweeted or he put on Instagram, which I think was a good Instagram post or story where he said, like, yeah, Eurosport did like a story or an Instagram story on that he took a toilet break, even though he was not allowed a toilet break. And apparently the Eurosport got the story all wrong, but they are farming for more likes and content, like all media networks. And and he posted that and he said, hey, Eurosport, get your facts straight. This was the story, which I think was fair. Like he, he what you can say is, although he's uncomfortable at times, he's generally quite honest, you know, and he stands for what he thinks, whether you like it or not. So I think that is a good thing with him. But it, it's just all these things seem to be kind of working against him. He still manages to win pretty much every match he plays, but it's just like he—I don't know—it's a—it's an interesting character in uh, being such a legend in winning tennis matches, but still not getting that like global adulation. It's such a strange one because he—he so wanted to be liked, and I think he's the most hated tennis player ever. Who's in in that sort of uh, category of 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 a goat? Or, or any sort of sports personality. Maybe Tom Brady gets pretty much the same sort of hate and as he does. Um, and like Tom Brady is considered the best ever in any sport. Why does he get hate, Tom Brady again? I didn't follow that. Story. Um, because he's he's just you know now now obviously everyone is is making memes of of him like uh, because uh, Giselle and and him just separated and obviously he's forty six still playing like come on just hang up your boots and and um, it's just in general as well that like Tom Brady was hated because he just won everything and you know when you win everything. Um, you just have to be a character of, of like Rafa or like Roger to be liked. Look, all these guys, all the really, really, really good best of the best players are sort of villains as well because they're so good. 
and even Federer, like who's who's now not really looked at any other way than than he was like a brilliant sports person. But if you look at like Jordan, he was savage. And if you look at like Tiger Woods, he had his own problems. So, you know, like obviously everyone is a human being. And that's what I want to say is that even Djokovic is a human being. Although I I really usually don't agree on, on what he he is doing and how he is doing it yeah he has his 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 thoughts about like what he wants to what what he wants to transfer to like humanity and that sort of thing and and he's always like you know this really holistic sort of guy he's a really strange character and 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 i genuinely genuinely think that he's a really funny guy as well because like you know there's quite a few uh uh like he had this uh interview this uh week last week where he was saying that um, there was like this general question of of um, and I and I and I found it funny. Uh, it was a bit cheesy from him, but he uh, he also apologized. But it was a funny funny interview. So what it was is that the interviewer asked him like, "What would be the tur- tournament which you would really like to win?" And he said, "Yeah, I won it all, haven't I?" Yeah, <laughs> and, I mean, that's true. Yeah, and, true. And 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 he said that oh, this this sounds really cocky, but no, mate, like you did, and you arguably. You were the best ever because if we look at the facts, only just statistics, he is the best ever because he yeah. still he still has like what three or four slams in him, I think at least if he carries on like this, maybe even more, and and apart from that, he won the most matches um, out of out of the the top three. So I mean, he has the best head to head apart from Andy Roddick, go Roddick, yeah. No, no, I mean, I, the case for, for Djokovic being the best ever is, is quite strong, uh, you know, like him or not. But it's still like, it's a weird thing to see someone crave so much global love and affection and then not get it. Like, it's it's almost like a slap in the face. Uh, and in, the, in part, yeah, you can understand it. And this match felt a little bit like one reason there it happens. And he also is more like animated and, and a bit more in a pissed off mood in his matches. And I think he's always been, he's more like that guy. He is in, he's in a war. I mean, Murray is also in a war, but mainly with himself. It seems like he's just pissed at himself. He takes it out on his camp. Maybe not even Lendl. And back to Murray. Now he's like, the, when he conducted his post-match interview, he said like, when I'm look my most miserable, I am enjoying it the most. Like he loves yeah. just the dog fight. And it's so nice to see like someone who loves that being gritty down. He loves being like two sets down. So he can fight for like five hours. He looks really fit. Like this guy has like metal hips. Come on, man. Like it's, it's just fit running crazy. And it seems like uh, what I wanted to get to was that it seems like this Lendl uh, effect, like being back with Lendl is, is really doing something. He's energized again. He believes he can win. I think it's a, it's a cool thing. This, this Lendl partnership. Yeah, and also that happened with Vavrinka and Magnus Norman, and and Vavrinka lost a, a a hard break, like a a proper one, proper dogfight against Molchan, and then Molchan was playing a really really good match against I think it was Felix, and uh, Felix won in five, so Felix has two five sets under his belt already, um, and um, and yeah. The last thing what I wanted to say about Djokovic, uh, because I just I just want to close it with uh, with a thought on on him that uh, as I think he he sort of changed his mindset about being loved. Uh, I think like last year he sort of gave it up 
and now he's just being himself and now he's being himself on the court as well a lot more which is like the most annoying what you can see like literally he doesn't care anymore uh, and why I say that is that he was craving love and, and you could see that like, why don't you love me? Why don't you love me? And that sort of thing. And now I think last year when, when COVID hit and he was like, you know, deported from, from down under and all that, he just sort of said, okay, fuck off you all. And then I'm off. And then since then, I feel like, yeah, okay, this, this is my belief. This is what I'm hoping for. This is what I'm fighting for. His theatrics with, um, injuries and and that sort of thing yeah i don't i don't re i really don't buy it but you know that's djokovic for you uh and in the meantime uh, yeah he will be running like a rabbit as as soon as as he needs to and i think he he really knows what to do like poor karba is baena djokovic was on fire like proper fire i've never seen him play that well never seen him play that freely literally he was uh scoring from anywhere on the court like he was literally smoking winners left right and center it, it was crazy to see and back to Mari I I just love that attitude like you know I'm an idiot on the court I said it many times so I I really like it I'm I'm working on it because I'm not a pro so I, I have to behave on a on a tennis court because I won't be asked to play with anyone so I, I really have to be a nice guy in uh, social tennis and that sort of thing but I love it that Murray is is now positive because it's now positive renting rather than, you know, beating yourself up and then losing points. He was really positive, even two sets down. Uh, I've seen that he was deflated at uh, quarter past four o'clock in the morning. But like, you know, how else you would be? And and I'm hoping that he will have a good match against Agut. Um, and he, and, and Agut also played the five setter. So that will be an interesting one. I don't even know how he pulled it off because, uh, uh, Agut was two sets to down, uh, two sets to love down as well. So he, he yeah, came and, and I guess Brandon Holt and Brandon Holt is like this super talented, <clears throat> another American, right? So, um, but There's I think so many Americans, yeah, yeah. Amer Amer I mean, draw. U.S. tennis is, is uh, huge now. Like, I mean, you have the. Brooksby, Mo came out of nowhere, kind of. You have, um, yeah, Wolf. Taylor Fritz, Tommy, Paul. It, it's endless, like, you know, Tiafo, and yeah, we can keep talking about it. But um, experience won over. Bautista Gut is like Murray, like you said, he will not give up. There's no chance. So he, he didn't give up, and probably that, that was enough to turn the tide. I mean, it's tough to finish a tennis match, even if you're up two sets. Once you lose that third set, you, you start having doubts. You start feeling like you're slipping a bit. And then the fourth set is like a little bit of an uphill. You just want to close it. You want to go home. You're feeling a bit more tired. Then you lose the fourth set. Suddenly you're on a very bad trend. You lost two sets in a row. Like then it's very tough to recharge. So uh, it requires some superhuman feat. Uh, did you see any of Popprin's match? I didn't see that, but uh, highlights mainly. A few other results to mention before you get into that. Deminor beat Manarino. That was not a huge shock. Rublev looks okay, is going through. Rune looks very strong. I think if there's anyone who can threaten Djokovic in this whole tournament, by the looks of it now, it's Holger Rune. Uh, he's playing the, the most dangerous tennis. Uh, Dimitrov, he's playing really well as well, but he's, I don't think he's going to beat uh, Djokovic. That's, that's not uh, on the cards, I would say. We'll see how bad the injury is, but if it looks like he did the last two sets, it's not too bad. And so then we had Ons uh sorry, uh, losing yeah, sorry. a strange match. 6-1, 5-7, 6-1.
and she was really heartbroken. There were some pictures of her crying on the floor or whatever um, afterwards. It's emotional shit. So um, what I wanted to say is that um, almost every American is on the bottom half of the draw. But when I go up, there's quite a few Americans like uh, McDonald is playing, TFO is playing, still Corda is in there. Um, the bottom half is really interesting because out of all these eight players, one can play a semi. And this is Poprin, Ben Shelton, the young, the uh, the American prodigy who's uh, who we really, really, we are really excited about his shorts. Uh, Wolf, Mo, Murray, Bautista Agut, Tommy Paul, and Jensen Brooksby. So out of these eight guys, someone will play a Grand Slam semifinal. And why it's crazy is that um i think literally anyone from this eight would be a massive massive upset like a massive something which no one actually thought and you know what if i would be andy murray i would fancy my chances to have have this as my sort of swan song and and just go all in because if he beats agut then it's either tommy paul or brooksby I would say he has a lot of 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 talent um, on his side and a lot of grit on his side against these guys. And then you would evil either play Popper and Shelton, Wolf and Mo. So you know what? <laughs> I would I would love to see that. I would absolutely love to see a, a Djokovic Murray semi. <laughs> no, I wouldn't because <laughs> I hope that Djokovic won't get there. But to be fair, now it's going to be quite tricky for Djokovic because Dimitrov is uh, is playing. A little bit under the radar, and I think he played quite good tennis so far. So he might be a good, um, maybe he will be good for a good four or maybe five sets if he if he really gets it going. And then it could be Alex Deminor, and Deminor is playing the tennis of his life so far. Yeah, yeah, so. and I think he's also uh, super fit. Like, so he will run. I mean, if we say that Djokovic is playing at. 85% or whatever we want to put on, on his uh, injury now with the hamstring. I mean, it might be fine in a round or it might be getting progressively worse. It's, it's impossible to say unless you're a Djokovic or a doctor. But, you know, he will run into, let's say he gets maybe one or two sets extra fighting against Dimitrov. That's a 4-5 setter. Then you get another one who's a, who can run for hours, never will tire. At some point, the body starts feeling a bit worse. Like, I mean, there's a risk that the more sets you add, like today, for example, the reason I looked at the, the second set, because usually if I see Djokovic playing someone who's not even a remote chance of beating him, I'm not going to watch that match. Um, and, but I, you know, when I saw that, okay, there's a tight, he has injured. The Frenchman was playing lights out better than his level, I, I would guess, as a qualifier. And he, if he would have lost that set, I mean, there's, you know, Djokovic would just have run away with the, the third like he did in the end anyway. But when he, when the Frenchman won that set, it felt like, okay, now he might retire or it might be a, you know, a huge match. And then he gets more, um, more pain on the hamstring and it's going to be tougher for the rest of the tournament. So it was an interesting match for the tournament as, as a whole. But yeah, let's, um, let's say that it would be, awesome if Andy Murray won this event just for the you know fun of it like I mean I would just really out of getting that last slam in four slams that would be cool yeah that would be that would be lovely I mean there will be some quality matches today and and also what I um what I wanted to say is that I'm really happy for Popper and I'm really happy for Ben Shelton Wolf Mo 
um, because it's just so nice that out of that quarter, uh, someone will get to the last state. So that's that's unbelievable as well. And that's 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 nice to see. I think um, Djokovic now turns to be out of the easiest draws. He faces the toughest quarter because um, it can be uh, Dimitrov, Deminor and then Rune or Rublev. And Rublev was playing a little bit under the radar. We didn't actually think that he's going to be that good. And so far, he has been unbelievably convincing. Like, he demolished the team, and then he demolished um, uh, Rusuvori, who is yeah. a tricky opponent, to be fair. Rusuvori is a really, really good ball striker. So uh, he's like a um, he's like a um, cheap version of, uh, of Yannick Sinner. I always say yeah. that. Yeah, kind of. I don't know if it was cheap is the right word, but he's a he's a version, <laughs> less good version maybe. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, but it's good. He's very good. I mean, like there's so many good ball strikers left. I mean, we have guys like Hurkacz, Chapo. I mean, there's a lot of players that can. It doesn't look anymore uh, like I when we talked about it in our prediction podcast. If you haven't listened to that, please do. Uh, it doesn't look anymore like it's just a Djokovic red carpet walk to the trophy. It, it looks a little bit like there could be some dangers on the horizon and there's i mean there's quite a few unexpected results and i think it, there can be more you know i think there we can see some really interesting results it seems like an australian open with a lot of entertainment but also now it feels like there's a slight shift in tennis we see all these young americans see a lot of players coming from nowhere maybe this is time that it starts shifting because i mean alcaraz won us open maybe we have a rune winning australian open and the shift starts happening. Who, who knows? But uh, I, I, it feels like that in the air, at least now. That I, I didn't feel it when I did the first predictions. Uh, the most important, uh, most interesting, not important, but most interesting part is that I think the women's draw is a lot more packed than the men's now. Because um, what we predicted uh, with the women, women's draw is still... It's still pretty on point, apart from Anjibor, but I didn't feel that strong about Anjibor anyway. But Bencic is still in, who you fancied a lot. Garcia was unbelievably convincing today against a really, really tri- a tricky Leila Fernandez. I've I've seen that match and I was really impressed by Garcia. She was super strong. And I mean, like Leila Fernandez is um, I think her. Her uh, improvement in in many ways is a lot more visible than Emma Raducanu's, who played an unbelievably awful match against Coco Golf. It was unwatchable. Uh-huh. Was that I didn't see that. I, I heard was, from someone that it was okay, but maybe it was yeah, bad. I mean, you know, but it, it was it, like I think there was too too much anticipation about it, and somehow it just didn't live up to it, in my opinion. But it, yeah. I might be wrong. Uh, some people might say that I'm an idiot, but I'll, I'll, I'll. We all have to live with I'll that. Think. Yeah. No, I, I saw Garcia today. Uh, she was actually, I mean, and Fernandez was playing very, very impressive tennis, and Garcia was just hitting the the right shots at the right time and and like being very mentally strong. So as we predicted from before, she is still a big threat, I think, for this title. It it looks like it for sure. And yeah, Sviontek still going strong. Pe- Pegula still going strong. So yeah, the, the ladies side looking at this year, it's easier to predict, a little bit easier. You have strong players going through. While the men's now is becoming like, wow, you know. Looking at Zverev today, Zverev was one of those guys you, you thought like, I mean, this guy is going to go places. He's going to win slams. I was never a huge Zverev fan. But 
you saw his game. It was like big serve, big backhand, big forehand. What, what doesn't he have, this guy? He can win anything. And then now things are, are not looking like that he's going to win even one slam, like almost, you know. So it's so fast, the tennis, that it's just changing in such a rapid fashion. To give Zverev, Zverev some some credit, I mean, I think he was playing absolutely lights out on his until his uh, his injury last year. Uh, he yeah, won it's true, the Olympics. Actually. He he won the Olympics. He played a, a slam final against Domi team, which was possibly the worst final ever played between two men in any tournament anywhere ever. But I, I still enjoyed it because I'm I'm a, I'm a huge Domi team fan, so I I enjoyed uh, the struggle. But it, it's some the the fifth set looked like it was uh, literally recreational tennis, so it was quite funny to see. I am really excited about new players. I'm really excited about not having the how the how the top three were or the three goats were um, were on top of the game for so long that now that these young kids are coming through. And it seems like only Djokovic is the only one from the old guard who's still there. Because like Tsitsipas is really convincing so far. I didn't really count him as one of the favorites, but you never know with him. He he can fly a little bit under the radar and then all of a sudden he's there in the final and, and he can win it. So yeah. um, to be fair, I, I, I never actually thought that he will get to the final. He has a really good chance of getting to the final this this year. Because uh, he's on the top uh, half of the draw, and and he he doesn't have a lot of uh, really really strong players to look out for. Uh, not as not as the ones on on the bottom half, because he can he can face uh, Medvedev in the semis, which is uh, which is pretty interesting, um, or like Nori, Felix, uh, Fuchovic maybe. <laughs> we haven't we haven't spoken about my guy and uh, his uh, physique, which which has. I, I did mention the, his uh, his new apparel sponsor oh, six yes, pack. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, which is almost <laughs> an eight pack, isn't it? Because yeah, he's more more like an eight pack. Yeah, which yeah, like, sounds less funny. No, it was quite funny because Medvedev uh, mentioned it yesterday on in his uh, on court interview that like he he was doing a bit of a joke because he has a few muscles, but not as many as as uh, Mister Fuchovic. Um, I mean, he really likes his time in the gym, doesn't he? He was yeah, maybe, maybe too much. Like sometimes yeah. it's funny with the with tennis. It's like you you see the fittest guys, uh, like Fuksovic. I mean, like he, I've seen him train up close. I mean, I had to share the cab with him in in the Boss Open last uh, this year or 2022. And uh, you know, he's always in the gym, always super into fitness. Seems like the fittest guy. But tennis, there's so many other things like mentally, you're your patterns of play, your tactics, it's everything. So it's like being the fittest helps, of course, but it's, you can have a, a pretty like lanky Medvedev or whatever. And he's just like a magician when it comes to playing chess on a tennis court. Right. So that's, it's, it's not enough with the, the physique, although yeah, it's impressive. About Fuchovic, I mean, I, I know him personally and, and um, you know, I really appreciate him in many ways. And I think he's uh, he's unbelievable for Hungarian tennis and he's still uh, he's still uh, uh, bearing the flag and, you know, he's still going strong. Um, what I can say about him, he had some technical lacks, like, for example, his first serve is is um, not good enough and and it was the technique which was lacking. And and it was so weird that the, he had so many good coaches. Like, for example, his uh, first real coach, uh, Attila Shavuot, who's, uh, 
who was a top 100 player as well, top 100 ATP player as well. And 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 he really said to him, like, look, you have to work hard to, to get the results. He didn't have a backhand back then. And uh, then they put it together and then he started winning matches. And I remember all, all the year, year on year, he was getting better. And he was on the same level as Nori or Hurkacz. I, I can I can clearly remember. And Nori and Hurkacz became top 10 players. And somehow Fucevic couldn't, couldn't really make it. I mean, look, he has been in the top 100 for six, seven years straight. So that's that's an achievement in itself. And now he's playing a really good level of tennis. He will possibly get back into the top 50 if he can beat Sinner, who um, the head-to-head is 2-1 to Fucevic, actually. So he is... Um, he has a um, he has a bit of an upper hand, and obviously Sinner didn't have the best of health, less less half a year of him wasn't the best. So so I I do fancy at least a, a five setter against Sinner, um, and I think it will be it will be a dog fight as well. That will be the first match on um, I think the second biggest court, so it's not going to be on Rod Laver, uh, but the second one, which whatever that is. Yeah, I don't keep keep track of the courts as much. Uh, no, it's true, and and there's a lot of interesting matchups, and I think this Australian Open, both on the women's side and and the men's side, is is like really heating up to be a a great event. Like it's it's really you you see why the slams are so important, why they create such a special atmosphere in tennis, and why also people who are not really following tennis. Uh, religiously can actually you know really appreciate the the athleticism and the sports on display and i think i mean how many sports do you play a five hour 45 minute match in the second round and then you have to play a match in one more day after that like there it's not it's such a physical feat to be able to just be alive after that so i i think it's a it's just like great um, advertising for for tennis before we we end the podcast because we want to get this this episode out because it's uh, quite uh, it needs to be fresh because we're in the middle of the slam and not even in the middle as of now but if we look at our predictions and uh, we've had a pretty good track history of predictions it's not been horrible uh, we have some hiccups but it's not too bad especially on the women's side where we're doing really well and the one my question to you Dennis is like would you um, stick with your winners you had Caroline Garcia for the WTA and Novak Djokovic for the ATP titles. Um, for Caro Garcia, I'm gonna be the number one fan, so I'm gonna definitely stay with with uh, Garcia because I think she she was so strong and she was playing so well that I'm I'm gonna stick with her. I was really impressed by her match against uh, Fernandez today, so uh, so that is a good good prediction. Um, for the men's, yeah, I. I will change it. Why don't I change it? Let's go with Titi Pass. I, 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 I didn't say his name, and um, and now I sort of fancy him uh, to to walk through. I don't even think I put him in the semis. So no. um, I will, I will just go completely opposite. After two rounds, for me, the best record so far and how he played was Titi Pass. So I will just go with him. I like it. I'm gonna stay with uh, with Djokovic. Uh, I would like a new winner. Uh, yeah, so we have Mari and Medvedev. They won slams, but yeah, Medvedev can win. But it would be fun if there's someone completely new, like completely out of the blue. I think that would be cool. I think that would be good for tennis. So someone completely out of the blue or Mari would be my ho- hopes. Mari, just because it's a great storyline. And if you win two five-setters in like 10 hours of play, you deserve to win. So I think that would be awesome, but it's it will be tough. So I, I would still predict Djokovic, but this is my wish. Uh, let's put it like that. 
cool. And one more thing, uh, we we talked about Gasquet that he's not gonna win uh, any more matches after his two fifty, which he won um, in Kiwiland, and he didn't. He lost in three to Umber. So that's that's just a funny one. It was well. a tough, t- pretty tough draw as well. Humber is yeah. a pretty difficult player, but yeah, uh, yeah, it yeah, it's uh, yeah. you win a, win a tournament the week before, you're gonna be tired mentally, like you're gonna be a bit absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Dennis. Okay, we we talk when we do some summaries in uh, a few days, uh, and we'll see where we are. Uh, but uh, very exciting first Grand Slam of the year. Good stuff for tennis, I think. Absolutely, as always. Always a pleasure, and uh, let's watch some more tennis. Yes. All right. Take care. Take care. Ciao, ciao.